Hi, everybody. This is Benny Biffle. And this is Sammy Schuster. And you're listening to TV Confidential. Confidentially. Good, Roberts, and welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. Now we'll devote the next segment to the life and career of Paul Lynn. Paul Lynn, the actor, comedian, whom all of us know as Uncle Arthur on Bewitched, Harry McAfee from Bye Bye Birdie, the voice of countless cartoon characters in such films as Charlotte's Web and many of the shows produced by Hannah Barbera, and of course, for more than 10 years, the center square on the Hollywood squares. Few people were as naturally funny as Paul Lynn, and few people could make the whole world laugh like Paul Lynn could, but behind the trademark sneer and impeccable comic timing on the outside, Paul Lynn was very much a troubled soul on the inside. Though he achieved his lifelong goal of fame and fortune, he was never quite satisfied with his career. And though many, many people, including our next guest, knew Paul Lynn as a good friend, he never found the happiness that comes from a long-term loving relationship. Our next guest, Kathy Fitzgibbon, Rudolph became a close friend of Paul Lynn during the last five years of his life. Her book, Paul Lynn, A Biography, provides an intimate portrait of Paul Lynn that also captures his heart and soul. Kathy, welcome to TV Confidential. Thank you. How are you? I'm fine. I probably should not start with this, but it is my biggest takeaway from your book, Kathy. I liked your book, but it made me sad. Mm. And yet, I think, that's who Paul Lynn was behind the veneer. Yeah, Paul, he made us all laugh, and that was his contribution. But he really and truly wanted a relationship. He never found a real long-lasting one. And he never found his lifelong goal to be in an important movie, like he would say an A movie. He wanted to be an A star. He wasn't really ever there. He, you know, had a rough childhood. He weighed over 260 pounds in college had a really uh, sickness that when he was 10 years old, he had gotten gangrene, and they had to operate on him. His appendix had burst. And he stayed in bed for almost a year recuperating, and his mother, who was overweight, loved to cook starch food. They didn't have a lot of money, so that's what you cooked. And she would feed him constantly, every day, and bring him plates. He said every hour on the hour, his mother would come out with more food, and he gained so much weight that after a year, he had to learn to walk again because he was so overweight, his legs couldn't hold the weight. And, of course, that became a issue when he went back to school. You know, here was this kid that is now a big, more than chubby kid, almost obese, and uh, he couldn't even fit into his father's pants, and they didn't have a lot of money. And uh, he started to use his wit as a, a weapon so nobody would make fun of him. And that was his childhood uh, weapon to make people laugh, not at him. Not at him, and when I say that I came away sad reading the book, I mean, for, first of all, two things. It means you did your job as the author, Kathy, because you triggered an honest emotional reaction out of me, and you got me to care about this man who you knew for the last five years of his life— it, you got me to care about the person behind the funny man. And as I got to know him through Paul Linda Biography, which is the name of Kathy's book, and, and if you haven't read Kathy's book, you will, I'm, I'm pretty sure you will have the same experience as I did, folks, when you 
learn about his turbulent life story and the things that haunted him and the things that he overcame. And yet at the same time, he had these fears that gripped him and that he can never quite shake. And so you want him to find the happy ending at the end, and it didn't happen. No, I wish it had. The saddest part for me was that he died alone. Yes. Uh, he, had a, he had a heart attack, 55 years old. His friends found him, unfortunately, the night before he was supposed to go to a birthday party. He spoke to his friends, said he bought him a nice sweater, and he never showed up for the party. And by 2 or 3 in the morning, I forget the time exactly, in California, his friends decided... Uh, Paul Barisi in particular decided, you know, there's something wrong. He would have came to this party. Let's go check on him. And when he didn't answer the door, they ended up breaking in and they found him, you know, alone in bed. And he had, uh, he was trying to reach, he had an alarm set next to his bed for emergency and, and looked like he was trying to reach for that. Never needed. That, that's the sad part uh, for me personally. I, I wish he hadn't been alone. And that was the hardest chapter to write of the book. And, and that took me forever to finally do it and get the details, which was heartbreaking for me. But he also, you know, he had a bit of a sad life, but he also, you know, I don't want everybody to think he's totally sad. I had parties with him. We hung out, make us laugh. He could be happy. And I found him very happy around me. Other people have said they've seen him in situations. Hey, he had a drinking problem. And it just it didn't show the nicest side of him. And some friends couldn't take him anymore. He was always good around me. And uh, I have photos in the book of, you know, you'll see Paul in many pictures, but it, I had somebody point out, and I kind of noticed it myself, the pictures with me, he has the biggest, brightest smile. And with some of his friends, good friends, you could see he was happy with certain friends and people, but he just, he didn't appreciate what he gave back. And he would be devastated today in a happy way that he is still making people laugh. And, and yeah, more than 40 years later, and, I, and, and I'm thinking aloud here, is, mm -hmm. is at least at that point of his life, what, when you met him, he hadn't turned 50, but he's like 49, he's 48, 49, Five. 50. And then when he passed in 82, he was, he was 54. So 55. 55, okay. So that's, well, I'm, you know, that, that, that's my age. So he's still, he's still very much a young man. But yes. at the same time, once you hit your fives, you start thinking about things a little differently than you did when you were in your 40s and your 30s. And, yeah, mortality. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, when you read a person's life and you become invested in a person's life as a reader, and certainly you, know, you as the author and, and, and as a good friend, again, you want him to find that happiness. And certainly at, up to that point in his life, I think – he, for whatever reason, he could not let his guard down enough to have a truly loving relationship, which is what I think that's one of the reasons why he never found one. He was much different with his fans. In, in some cases, he treated his fans better than he treated his actual friends, you know, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> but look, I think you know what I'm talking about. When you marry someone or when you have a long-term, you know, living relationship with someone, I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's a level of trust. And this is someone, whoever you choose to be with, is someone that you feel that you can let your guard down and bear your soul. And I think he wanted that, but he never found that. And, and, and I think part of the problem is because he was so guarded, he could not quite let his hair down in that respect. Well, he used to tell me um, that he was afraid 
when you met people, were they with him because he was Paul in? Mm -hmm. Because he had money? He never knew. Do you care about me because I'm Paul Lynn, yeah. a person outside of the movie actor, the television star? That, you know, he said, you never know. And he used to tell me our relationship was great because he saw I accepted him for who he was and I didn't want anything from him. And he found that very difficult. He was also a gay man. And that was something you had to hide. You'd lose your whole career at that time. Yes, uh, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. You're done. You're finished. And he had to hide that, too. Um, I did meet one of his friends that he went out with for probably a pretty long time. Very nice gentleman. But the guy didn't speak much English. Is that Pablo? He didn't speak any Spanish, so I think that's why they got along pretty well. Yeah, is that Pablo? Yes. If I remember correctly, Pablo was the closest he came to the type of loving relationship you wanted. Right. I believe so, too. On the line with us is Kathy Fitzgibbon Rudolph. Kathy is a rare example of a fan who not only got to meet her idol, in this case Paul Lynn, but became one of his closest friends during the last five years of his life. Kathy's book, Paul Lynn, a biography, his life, his loves, and his laughter captures the heart and soul of the beloved actor-comedian who made so many people laugh. And as Kathy mentioned earlier, it is filled with many photographs, many personal photographs, many photographs of Lind with his family, Lind with Kathy, Lind with his loved ones. Many of these have never been published before Paul Lind. A biography is available through our friends at Bear Manor Media. You can also find it at Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. For more about Kathy Fitzgibbon Rudolph, go to paullindabiography.com. You can also follow Kathy on the Paul Lynn Abiography, His Life, His Loves, His Laughter page at Facebook.com, where you can also order an autographed copy of the book directly from Kathy herself. Facebook.com forward slash Paul Lynn Abiography, His Life, His Loves, His Laughter. The story of how you became friends with Paul Lynn is pretty amazing. Tell our listeners a little bit about that. As a 17-year-old, I you know, was watching Hollywood Squares. And I just became infatuated with Paul Lynn. I thought he was so handsome and so funny. And for some reason in my head, I had to meet him. And I told my high school teacher, I'm going to meet Paul Lynn before I graduate. I'm a, uh, a senior in high school. And she says, that's never going to happen. Well, nothing deterred me. I just did a lot of research. But it had to be a miracle. It had to be something. I go to my public library looking at a reference book about Broadway stars, a very old book. Um, that had uh, Paul Lynn's business manager's phone number in the book. So I photocopied it, came home, asked my parents, can I dial this number? They said, go ahead, he's never going to answer. That's not his number. <laughs> I call the phone. I'm in New York, and he's in California. And I dial the number, and Paul Lynn himself answers the phone. And he's like, who are you, and how'd you get my number? <laughs> and I said, it's in a library book. He's like, what library book? And I just started asking so many questions about his career. He didn't hang up. I talked about his dog. His dog, Harry, at the time, was the love of his life. He mm -hmm. had Harry 15 years. And that was, like you said, it, it, his dog was his, his companion. His, his no, it, it, it was the club. It was someone to love you. And he said that, you know, unconditionally. Yeah. And that might have softened his heart because I kept saying, I want to meet you. And he says, I can't meet you. I don't know you. And finally, I said to him, I know you come to New York. Thanksgiving's coming up. I understand you go there. 
quite often. He said, yeah, I'm coming. And I said, can you meet me one more time? And then I brought it out. Can you go to the senior prom with me? (laughs) (laughs) He said, no way. I said, no way. And that's when he broke into laughter with his voice, you know, no way. And then, um, no way. (laughs) I said, you got to meet me. And finally he broke down. He said, I said, I'll, you know, I'll have my father take me. And then he said, okay, you got five minutes. We'll meet. Picture and autograph. That's it. I'm going to say hello, and I said, that's fine. I'm very grateful for that. So two weeks later, he's in New York. He's staying at the Pier Hotel. He tells me to come meet him, and my dad and I go into the city, and we get to the hotel, and the hotel's on fire. That blew my mind. I'm not going to meet him. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, no one's allowed up. No one's allowed down. Anyway, he finally walked through the door a few minutes late, thank goodness, because of the uh, traffic in the city, um, and that worked out. But we ended up going down to the Sherry because we couldn't place as chaotic with the firemen and everything. So we went down to the Chevy Netherlands, and it was supposed to be a five-minute meeting. Ended up being over a two-hour conversation. My dad, uh, Jerry Fitzgibbon, and Paul hit it off, and me and Paul hit it off. And my dad always said, look like two old friends talking. We just went back and forth. I asked him about his life, his career. We talked and talked, and at the end of the uh, two hours, uh, he had to get back to the hotel. He had some friends dropping in. So we were saying our goodbyes, and on the... Uh, Paul promised, as he did, a picture with me and my uh, and an autograph. And on the back, he wrote something else. And I said, what is this? I pick it up. He goes, that's my home address. You have my home phone number. You might as well come visit me in California. And that's where our friendship began. And I did go out to his house and went on some adventures with Paul and went out dancing with him. And I had a really a special thing with Paul in that was unique. And I, I feel like I was meant to write this as a tribute to him. Yeah, it makes you a little sad, too, but you'll also see happy things in the book. It's a nice balance. I mean, he lost his mother and father. They were in their early 50s, also died of heart attack. He lost his brother young. So he had a lot of the sadness in him. And then his career took off when he went to New York City after nine years. Finally got a spot in New Faces of 52. Mm -hmm. And then nothing from there until Bye Bye Birdie. And that's what made him on Broadway really noticed, and then from there on, you know, his career took off. He had some great opportunities during the 70s. He was in the highest, the most in-demand guest star of anybody. So he was really on top of the world, and that's when I met him. So for him to give me that time and care, he used to call me his number one friend, and I thought, I wish he had... And he had some good friends. He was very close with Alex. He not only called you his number one friend, he called you my Kathy. Yes, which is very endearing, and my mother always called me my Kathy. Yeah, so, I mean, look, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's asked you this question, but you went from, okay, you got five minutes to five years, no doubt longer than five years had he, had he not had the heart attack in 82. But uh, why do you think he connected with you, Kathy? I think we needed each other. I don't know why. I think he needed someone who didn't want anything from him that just liked him for him. And I didn't. And I was a very, you know, young, innocent, 17-year-old girl who was just mesmerized by him. And we got along. And we we just connected. I, I think, I always think we were meant to meet. And then maybe, maybe, um, I always wanted to be a writer, never knowing, never, even after meeting him ever thinking I'd write about Paul in. But as the years passed, I wanted to thank him because this was such a special time in my life, and I wanted to give back to him 
what he gave to me, and it is a tribute, and I have all his, you know, his career, showing people how talented he was, how many awards he won, and, and to thank him for, you know, giving me, letting me into his personal life. He didn't have to do that, and, and, and it was beautiful. On the line with us is Kathy Fitzgibbon Rudolph. Kathy is the author of Paul Lind, a biography, His Life, His Loves, and his laughter. We'll take a quick time out, and we'll talk some more with Kathy about Paul Lind when we come back on TV Confidential. Attention sports fans. Now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow. If you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All-American Dish right now. 800-296-1251 That's 800-296-1251 Hi, this is Rhonda Shear and you're staying up all night or day with TV Confidential. Buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life. But it doesn't have to be. And no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group. Their community of realtors serving the Northern Bay Area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost. Whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 415-886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide, including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. Front Porch Realty Group. They'll find the solution that works best for you. Uber is the mobile app that connects you with a driver for immediate transportation. Request a ride at the tap of a button and you have a driver curbside in minutes. You can choose to be driven in a black car, SUV, or you can choose UberX, the low-cost Uber for a ride in a hybrid or mid-range car. Payment is seamless and cashless. Build to your card on file with no need to tip. Enter the promo code TV Confidential after you download the app to receive a free first ride up to $20. For more information, go to get.uber.com forward slash go forward slash TV Confidential. Hi, this is Vince Van Patten. You're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson with a reminder that James Moses Black will join us at the top of the hour. James is one of the stars of Black and Blue, Black and Blue, the new crime drama from Screen Gems that is now playing in theaters everywhere. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, on the line with us right now is Kathy Fitzgibbon Rudolph. Kathy is the author of Paul Lind, a biography, his life, 
his loves, and his laughter. An intimate portrait of the actor-comedian that not only walks you through the highlights of Paul Lynn's career on stage, film, and television, but as we've mentioned throughout our conversation, walks you through the many tragedies that befell Lynn and the many fears that gripped him throughout his life. So it provides a well-rounded portrait of the man who's made, who continues to make so many so many of us laugh. Kathy knew Paul Lynn for the last five years of his life, so she writes with authority, but she also includes memories from many of Lynn's family members, friends, and peers, including Peter Marshall, Cheetah Rivera, Woody Woodbury, the late Kay Ballard, and Florence Henderson, Hollywood Squares writer-producer Les Roberts, and many, many others. The book also includes many never-before-published photographs. Paul Lynn, a biography available through BearManorMedia.com. You can also find it at Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. For more on Kathy Fitzgibbon Rudolph, go to PaulLynnAbiography.com. Okay, here's some other things I learned about Lynn that I didn't know before. The character he played on Temperatures Rising, Dr. Mercy, mm-hmm. the name Mercy Hospital, he picked that character's name for a very personal reason. Yes. Grew up, I don't know if people realize, he was taken care of by nuns while his mother was very sick. Uh, His mother was very heavy, and when she gave birth to Paul, she nearly died, and then when she she recovered, and the nuns at the hospital, Mercy Hospital, took care of Paul while his mother recovered as an infant, and then again when his mom had her last child, Johnny, same thing, she almost died, and she needed a long time to recruit. So the nuns and the nurses at the hospital took care of Paul and Johnny. So probably a very special relationship with all these people at the hospital. So that's why you picked that name. Someone posted episodes of the new Temperatures Rising show online. So if you have a chance to watch some of, some of those shows on YouTube, it'll change the way you look at those shows because he picked that name, Paul Mercy, and it meant something to him. So that's very cool. The other thing, just before Temperatures Rising, he had his own show called The Paul Lynn Show, which was uh, was created for him by Bill Asher. Elizabeth Allen played his wife on the show. I didn't know this uh, until I read your book, Kathy, but Elizabeth Allen was a lifelong friend of his. Very, very close friend. So was Elizabeth uh, Montgomery. Yes, they were very, very close friends. I went out with them that night, and you could see they're very, very, very trusting, good, close friends. Here's another takeaway. Uh, We all think of Paul Lynn as a funny man. We all think of him as a quipster, the the center square, the one with all the double entendres. Now, I knew he went to Northwestern, but I did not realize how seriously he took his craft as an actor. And he, he liked to be referred to as an actor-comedian, not just a comedian. If somebody said, oh, you're a comedian, and he says, no, he would correct you right there. I am an actor-comedian, and there's a difference. Paul studied at Northwestern. He walked away with the only uh, Best Actor Award ever given, supposedly, at Northwestern. And he was a... Great actor on stage in WAMU Productions that the school did. Kay Ballard noticed him, thought he was outrageous, and then she uh, called a few people to go and check him out because she knew he was going to be a big star. He was good, and I've seen him in summer stock uh, that he's done with Elizabeth Allen and some others. And he he could be a a good actor, and that's what he wanted to be, a serious actor, because he wanted to do both roles. But with Paul Wing, when he was in Northwestern, and they had him read Shakespeare, you know, his, his voice was just naturally funny, and then he would start laughing, 
so it became funny and the teacher would be laughing and the classes would be laughing so he just couldn't I don't know if he couldn't help himself to be funny with it even though he wanted to be but his dream was to be a serious actor he always said he wanted to do something like the graduate that's yeah. That's what he said. I mean, if if he wanted to, he could have taken you know voice lessons to tone down the nasal quality of his voice, and so that he could recite Shakespeare the classics and not make people laugh. It was an example of he had such a gift for delivery, but in that situation, trying to do something dramatic, it worked against him because you know he he, he sounds like Paul Lind. So, but yeah. but the thing, and this goes back to that sort of unsettled yearning throughout his life is when he was given an opportunity to do a straight dramatic role he showed that he could do it it's sort of a catch-22 on the one hand you're in demand and you're in demand for comic roles and there's a long line of of opportunities for you in that way so you're you're grateful for that but at the same time i want to do more exactly and he did um I want to say Cable Roberts back in the 60s. A series, two serious roles. Yeah. He played a murderer in one. Burke's Law. And, thank you, Burke's Law. And then Kay Ballard said to me, Paul would go on to talk to her. They were also very good friends. I want to do more like this. And she would say, Paul, you got to be kidding. You're known for your comedy. You're known for your voice. They know you as a funny guy. What do you want to go back to that? You're, you're, you've made your claim, and people love you as a funny guy. And she thought he was being ridiculous that he wants to do more serious roles because she said, you know, this is your gift. You're funny. On the line with us is Kathy Fitzgibbon Rudolph. Kathy is the author of Paul Lind, A Biography, His Life, His Loves, and His Laughter, an intimate portrait of the beloved actor-comedian best known as Harry McPhee in Bye Bye Birdie, Uncle Arthur on Bewitched, and the center square of the Hollywood Squares. Paul Lind, a biography is available in paperback and as an ebook through bearmannermedia.com. You can also find it amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. If you want an autographed copy of Paul Lind, a biography, you can order it directly from Kathy Fitzgibbon Rudolph by going to facebook.com forward slash Paul Lind, a biography, his life, his loves, his laughter. Do you have a favorite Hollywood Squares zinger of Paul Lind? Oh, gosh, I have a few, but one of them is when a, a man falls off a boat, what do you yell? Man overboard. When a woman falls off a boat, what do you yell? And Paul says, full speed ahead. <laughs> that, that's one of them, and I also love, uh, you know, you're driving down the road uh, 100 miles an hour and your brakes go. What do you do? And Paul says, honk if you love Jesus. <laughs> I love that. Is, is there any one Paul Lynn performance, whether on television or you've seen some of his stage work, is there any one Paul Lynn performance that you've seen that, you, that is your personal favorite? I loved him in Plaza Suite on stage. I did get the theme in that. I thought he was brilliant, um, and I love that. I love the movies he's in. He hate, hated the film Bye Bye Birdie. He did the Broadway play. He had kids to himself in that play. He had more lines. It said they changed it dramatically. Uh, you know, he used to say that, you know, the new movie, uh, the film, rather, Bye Bye Birdie should have been called Hello, Aunt Margaret, because she thought it was all about her instead of, you know, the other characters that had stronger presence in the Broadway show. So, but I loved him in Bye Bye Birdie. It's the frantic father, you know, 
who, who talks to the kid like that? Kid, you know, he wants respect, and the boy says to him, his son, oh, I respect you, Daddy. And he says, I don't want your respect. I mean, just the lines <laughs> are so funny as a frantic father. Just funny. And I, I thought he was good. And the Pauline show is now running again on Antenna TV. Mm-hmm. And it's more popular, I think, now. It didn't last in the 80s. It was only one season. But New Year's Eve, they had the Pauline Marathon. I had a house of guests over. Also, they were running my commercial that night, too, for the book. So we were all here watching the Pauline Marathon. And after the commercial and after a couple of shows, it was almost midnight. I said, you know, we'll put on the ball dropping. And everybody said, no, we love the show. I was shocked. They said, want to watch it. I was so happy. You know, years ago, it was just, and then I hear from other people and, you know, readers who write to me and they say, oh, my gosh, I'm watching the Poland show. I don't know why I didn't make it. It is so funny. Yeah, look, we could go on forever on why some shows connect and some shows don't. I mean, he had a, it, he, he had a lot of talented people behind the scene. They gave him, I believe, it was Bewitched's old time slot that Bewitched had the previous year on Wednesday night. Uh and look, you have a line in the book you know, from Peter Marshall saying that Paul Lynn persona is best taken in small doses mm-hmm. versus, versus as as the lead in a 30-minute show. So it's who, who knows why the show only lasted the one year. But I had a chance to watch some of the shows myself uh, not too long ago, Kathy, and it is it is funny. And the efforts there and knowing that he was working with Elizabeth Allen, who was an old friend of his, I mean, mm-hmm. their, their chemistry there is very good. So it, it is out there. It is worth another visit. Absolutely. Is there any one thing about uh, Paul Lynn that you learned while writing Paul Lynn, a biography, Kathy, that surprised you? I think what surprised me was that he had very good friends. He was very popular. But I didn't realize the loneliness maybe that he had um, so much after talking and interviewing people. And Florence Henderson would say, you know, people wouldn't approach Paul. They just didn't know how to deal with him. But she said he was approachable, which he was. You just had to know how to approach him. There was a way, just like with me with Paul. There was, he'd let his guard down if he didn't think you were after him for anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, you know, we'd go out. We we did a a show, or he did a show, I should say, <laughs> in LA, and he took me as his, you know, his companion, walking through the crowd, and it was a kid's benefit. And he was people signing autographs and reporters talking about this great event, and then right in the middle of it, somebody asked him about Anita Bryant, and Paul looked at the guy and said, "Why'd you have to ruin this?" And then he took me and said, "Kathy, let's get out of here." Like. There you are in your highlight, you're doing something good, and somebody's got to knock them down or make them feel bad. So I saw that, and, and, and that, was, that was awful, I thought. How would you like people to remember Poland? Oh, gosh. As he said, remember him for how he made us laugh. My dad always said he'd come home from a hard day of work or stressful day or something in your life, and... You come home, and there you are. You turn on your TV, and there's Paul in to make the day better. And he still does that for us. And he still does that uh, 35 years after his passing. Kathy Fitzgibbon Rudolph is the author of Paul Lind, a biography, his life, his loves, and his laughter. It's an intimate portrait of the actor-comedian uh, who all of us remember and still enjoy on from his appearances on Bewitched, The Hollywood Squares, Bye Bye Birdie, and so many other stage and TV 
appearances. Paul Lind, a biography available through Bear Manor Media. Dot com. You can also find it Amazon.com, where books are sold online. For more on Kathy Fitzgibbon Rudolph, go to PaulLindBiography.com. Kathy, this has been a lot of fun. As I say, I hated to uh, focus on the sad parts of his life, the beginning of our conversation, but as I say, it's impossible not to come away with a little bit of sadness because you wanted him to find that happy ending, that happiness, and... Uh, and the fact that I felt sad and I felt for him as a person means that uh, you did your job as the writer. Thank you. I had, you know, one of his relatives read the book, and I said, what would you think? And she said, I thought it was sad. Same reaction as you did. And it is, you know, I think we all were rooting for him at the end, you know, let him win the Academy Award, and maybe he'll get the movie part, and maybe he'll find someone to make him happy. Because that's not there, you're right. It, you know, not all stories have a happy ending, unfortunately, and... Uh, but his career and his and his awards, you can't take that away. He was so talented. I mean, I just wish he was here today. People would still be laughing. He'd have his own reality show. He'd have to book, carrots and, and making a, a fancy hen or something, and he would be joking. And, I, you know, he was very, very much missed. I, I wish he was still here today. It would be... Uh, such a gift to all of us, but at least we do have his memories, and we can go back on YouTube, especially, and watch, you know, Hollywood Squares, Bewitched, or on television now, too, they're running the show, so that that's, I think his legacy, he left us a nice legacy. And part of that legacy is your book, Kathy Paul Lynn, a biography, Paul Lynn, a biography, his life, his loves, and his laughters, which is available through Bear Manor Media. Kathy Fiskiven, Rudolph, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. This is wonderful, Ed. Thank you for having me on your show. James Moses Black will join us when we come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us. If you haven't been listening to TV Confidential, this is who you're missing. Michelle Nichols. Adrienne Barbeau. Leonard Maltin. Joyce Bulletin. Peter Onorati. Judy Norton. Robert Wagner. Robert Hook. Lee Purcell. Julie Bud. Rhonda Shear. Michelle Lee. Jacqueline Smith. Lou Antonio. Shirley Jones. And many, many more of your favorite celebrities and people behind the scenes in the world of television. That's TV Confidential. Every week on this station and every day online at televisionconfidential.com. Become a TV Confidential confidant and receive unlimited access to the last five years of TV Confidential, plus other members-only content. To find out more, go to televisionconfidential.com and click Become a Confidant. Enter the coupon code CONFIDENTIAL when you sign up, and you'll receive $5 off your first month's membership. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com and click Become a confidant. You can listen to this show all over again as a podcast on iTunes, Spreaker, TuneIn, Apple Podcast, and wherever podcasts are found. Best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the TV Confidential podcast, go to the homepage at televisionconfidential.com and click subscribe now. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetic Health Hotline today. 800-712-8002. That's 800-712-8002. Paid for by U.S. Med. Alexa users, 
You can now listen to TV Confidential on your smart speaker by just saying, Alexa, play TV Confidential. Enabling our Alexa skill is easy. To find out how, go to televisionconfidential.com slash Alexa. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.